This is Lightning Power Lunch with Dave Mishkin and Greg Linelli on Lightning Radio. You know, they play tight and in zone, and I don't think we did a good enough job of, uh, you know, getting guys inside their guys in, in, uh, in their zone. Um, a lot of shots that we did have, they got the rebounds or, or they cleared on the, on the, on the loose pucks. So um, I think just, you know, better efforts in front of the net. Um, getting guys there and, and putting the puck there more, I think, would have helped. You know, we didn't get the pucks behind their D. We turned it over, and we played a three-quarter ice game. We never got it behind the net and, you know, did what we do. So, um, yeah, I think that was on us in the second period. And, uh, you know, we got behind there in the third and tried to battle back, but you know, it was just a little too late. When we lose a special team or in games, that's, you know, it's tough for us because, you know, at times this year we have fought it a little bit that, uh, you know, scoring five on five, um, you know, we kind of got that puck 175, 80 feet, just couldn't get it across the line, you know, those last 20. So, but it was tough. It's second period, it's even game. And then, uh, you know, the ref misses an icing. You know, shame on us. We probably gave up a little bit thinking it was going to be called. It wasn't. And then, you know, they kept going and it ends up in our net. So that was a tough one. Uh, and then... You know, third one, we just missed an assignment. It's in the net. All of a sudden, now it's a close game. Now it's 3-1. Now you're chasing it. And, you know, we ended up getting our looks, but their uh, their goalie stood tall, so good on him. And uh, like I said, we, uh, you know, it, it helps when we win that special team war we did not tonight and uh, ended up the result it did. It did, and uh, it wasn't the result the Lightning wanted. I think some of that is props to Vancouver, but we'll talk more about it on this show at Bolts Radio if you want to get involved in the conversation today at Bolts Radio. Dave Mishkin on the other end. I am Greg Lanelli. Steve Ersnick is our producer. And the Lightning Fall last night, 4-1, to one, Brock Besser with a hattie. And what's interesting is the Lightning actually had a, well, I want to say a lead. They did. They scored mm-hmm. first. <laughs> and you're they thinking, scored okay, first. Okay, you know, you like that. Okay, here we go. And what was pretty telling, because I think if you just casually watched the first period partner or maybe you were listening to the game and you weren't seeing things with your own eyes uh, as well as you would have liked, you would have said, okay, what, Lightning had 14 shots in the first period to, what, four or five for Vancouver? It was 11-4. It always changes. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. But you felt like... They had know, an Lightning advantage had some, in did. shots. And you, and you felt like, all right, so the, the Lightning, maybe they didn't score more than one goal, but... You're like, okay, I, if this kind of keeps up, they're gonna they're gonna find something. But when you spoke to Jeff Halpern in between periods, the first and second, he kind of was like, eh, could have done more. He was it annoyed. He was he was annoyed. And I know Stammer had a couple of opportunities late, but I don't know if that was you know looking back at the game, partner, if it was one of the turning points where. Oftentimes we talk about what do you do with momentum that you create during a game because it happens and it'll go in spurts. Was that an opportunity that the Lightning wasted in terms of had a lot of zone time, puck possession, didn't do a heck of a lot with it. Vancouver settled down, pushed back. That second period comes back to bite the Lightning and the rest is history. More to it than that, but... That was one of the things I took from that game was I thought the Lightning started pretty well, but maybe they just didn't do enough with that start. So let's start from the Vancouver side of things, Greg, because I think this is a really important takeaway from this game. 
The Vancouver Canucks came into the game last night leading the NHL in offense. And they scored four, so they should still be leading the league in offense. I'm going to go to the updated stats and see exactly exactly where they are. They are first, 3.83 goals scored per game. But once they got the lead at 3-1, to one, they didn't go sniffing for more offense. They had the mindset of, we have a 3-1 lead. That Entering the third period, that's enough. We don't need any more goals. We have enough to win as long as we hold them to one. And they defended like it. And after they had the early breakdown on the off-the-rush goal, the Lightning scored, which was a, a beautiful passing play by the Lightning. But let's be honest, like the Canucks didn't handle that very well, like Braden Point has a tap-in at the side of the net. They really didn't give up much the rest of the way. So, to me, the biggest takeaway, I guess I had two takeaways from last night's game, which was they were the Canucks defended better than the Lightning. Well, the Lightning didn't have a bad defensive game. They had a couple of errors that hurt them dearly in the second period, and the Canucks didn't have those errors. And then the second part, which Coop mentioned, the special teams battle. The Canucks won the special teams battle one to nothing. And forget the final score at four to one. There was an empty netter in there. When you have a fairly close game, and last night's game, you know, through the halfway point was close. The Canucks took the lead just shy of the halfway point of the second period, two to one. Like one goal here or there on special teams can make a big difference. And why was the game tied to one after one period? Because the Canucks scored on the power play and the Lightning essentially went 0 for two. They had like 15 seconds or or something like that of power play time that carried over into the second. But let's be honest, like they went 0 for 2 in the power play in the first period. So you swing that, right? <laughs> Maybe the Lightning have a multi-goal lead, but but the Canucks did what they needed to do in the special teams department. Their power play has been good this year. Their penalty kill has not been good, but their penalty kill got the job done last night going 3 for 3 against the Lightning. So it was a close game, but when you have a close game, you need to make fewer mistakes than the other team. And the Canucks, they were very impressive to me with how they defended because this was different than like the first period against Seattle. When we said the Lightning yeah, could have been right. up five or six nothing, they kind of got goalied a bit by Grubauer. Sure. Demko did not have to be anywhere close to as good no. as Grubauer had to be in that Seattle game, which is a credit to the team in front of him. And and look, we say this a lot, and we have said this a lot about the Lightning when they were going deep in the playoffs and, and winning cups. You're not always going to be dialed in with your puck management. Maybe you're going to have a turnover. Maybe you're going to miss on a pass, and it's going to be an icing. Maybe the other team is going to surge and you have trouble getting out of your own zone. That's going to happen. But what does the other team get from that? I thought one of the best games for the Lightning this year to illustrate them having that happen and them handling it well was their 8-2 win at Carolina. Like Carolina did force a lot of turnovers from the Lightning. 
but they weren't the kind of turnovers that led to like breakaways or two-on-ones. It was just that the Lightning had trouble managing the puck, but they didn't let Carolina generate a ton of scoring chances as a result. That was actually one of the best defensive performances by the Lightning this year in terms of how they played without the puck. I thought Vancouver did that last night. Vancouver didn't have a great first or third period in terms of like managing the puck. Like They lost some puck battles. They had some icings. But what did the Lightning get from that? And that was Braden Point's comment that we heard at the top of the show. They protected the front of the net well. The Lightning quote-unquote, couldn't get inside on them, right? Whereas, look at the look at the goals that the Canucks scored in the second period, particularly the 2-1 goal. They had three guys at the crease. Their three forwards were at the crease. So when Hironik throws a puck to the net, there are actually three shot attempts in the span of, like, less than five seconds. I thought Vasilevsky actually made two saves. They, they said the first shot that Hironik took, deflected by J.T. Miller, actually hit Hoaglander, which is why Hoaglander got an assist. But he was standing like right in front of Vasilevsky, so it easily could have been a save for Vasilevsky. Miller gets the first rebound, shoots, Vasilevsky makes the save, but then Besser, I guess he kind of jostled with Chernak, and Chernak fell, and Besser's able to get position and has an open look on the backhand to, to put in essentially the third shot attempt. The Lightning didn't have that at any point against Vancouver, maybe other than the goal that they scored. But that was a tic-tac-toe passing play. That wasn't kind of a a scrum in front of the net where their guys had better net front position. And then the 3-1 goal, again, started with a turnover. But if you watch the replay, the Lightning had five guys, their five defenders, below the tops of the circles, all looking at Quinn Hughes. Now, I said on the show, was it yesterday? We had two shows kind of where we talked about Vancouver. You asked me you asked me who's the best offensive forward on Vancouver, and I kind of dodged your question. I said I thought their best offensive player was Quinn Hughes, and he had three assists last night. So, okay, fine. Quinn Hughes is, is dancing behind the net. You have to pay attention to him. But who maybe is the best shooter on Vancouver? Besser. Nobody nobody stayed with Besser. Besser is left completely unguarded in a prime scoring area with an opportunity to drill it. And he made no mistake. That was a really good shot because it wasn't it wasn't along the ice, but it, it wasn't like he tried to pick a corner either. He put it in that area between the top of the pad and in this case, the stick. That is that is potentially an area to score because the goalie can't cover, as we said, 24 square feet, right? He goes down on his butterfly. There is going to be a space often between the top of the pad and the arm, and that's where Besser put it also inside the post. Great shot, and the Lightning were unable to block it, but they, they fell asleep on coverage, and that's kind of what, what Coop talked about. Vancouver didn't make those mistakes after the point goal. So that, to me, was was a really big key. And I'm actually glad I hadn't heard Coop's comment because I was going ballistic on the air, maybe a notch below ballistic. I was not happy with the fact that they missed the icing, which I thought was an obvious call, and Coop felt the same way. <laughs> so I wasn't the only one to to feel that they missed the icing, 
and the second goal doesn't happen if they call that, but they didn't, and that happens sometimes. Look, the officials are human, and the point is that it was Sergachev went back, and he played the puck not like he thought. I think he knew it was not an icing. I mean, he tried to rim it around the boards, but there was nobody there for the lightning, and Aronik is able to just you know pick it off, and then he wasted no time. He got that puck to the net, which, again, Halpern's interview in the first intermission, he felt the lightning didn't do enough of that. They didn't try and get enough pucks to the net in the first period, even though it was a period in which they carried possession. So we can look at the Lightning's offense and say, you know, a lot of these road games that they're losing, they're only scoring one goal, and and that is true. And some of it has been due to excellent work by the opposing goaltender. I'm not sure last night was necessarily the case where it was Demko as much as it was the team in front of him. Demko played well. I'm not saying he didn't play well. He did. But he had more of a routine type of game than some of these other goalies that the Lightning have have faced recently where they have been foiled. I thought last night's game was less about the Lightning's offense and more about the fact that they were not able to match what Vancouver did defensively. Even though, I mean, the Canucks didn't get a ton of scoring chances, but they cashed in on a couple of doozies, and that was all it took because they that were was defending so well. That was a surprise a little bit based off of maybe Vancouver's But they came in as a top five defensive team, Greg. We talked about that. I know. it's Maybe it's one of those. It's perception. I, I, I don't look at Vancouver as a, as a stout team, but maybe I, maybe I have to now, you know, 30 games in, whether it's – I think for a lot of it, it was, you know, their goaltender was considered really good, yeah. and maybe the rest, there were some breakdowns. But maybe, well, for maybe things worth, have changed. For what it's worth, I had two engineers with me last night. Tyler Green has been my regular engineer. So just so the fans understand, when – we don't bring an engineer with us as much as Steve might like to, to travel. <laughs> I don't know, Steve. Did you want to try and go on the road? It's not really done, although a few teams, I think, very I few teams. Send. I don't think anybody sends anybody anymore. Okay. <clears throat> so basically, and, and the Lightning do this for visiting teams that come in as well. On radio, there's a local engineer. By engineer, I mean somebody who brings the equipment. I don't bring my own headsets or anything like that. They set up the gear and... And they set up the drop so we can do interviews like the one with Jeff Halper. And they set up the connection with our studio back in Tampa. So Tyler Green has been, and usually I have the same person in all the cities that we we travel to. So he had he was training someone essentially last night. So I had two of them, and they see all the Canucks games, especially Tyler because he's working all all the games. And the game ended, and I said, "Boy, that was some performance defensively." He's like, "Yeah, they haven't all looked like that," <laughs> but. Clearly, a lot of them have, if you look at their goals against number, 2.55. That's quite good in this, in this current era, I'd say recent era in the last few years where scoring has definitely gone up. So credit to them. They won with defense last night. They didn't exactly overwhelm the Lightning offensively, but they didn't need to. And this is the drum that, that we have been banging pretty much from day one. If you can hold the other team to two or less, you don't need to score like crazy. And when the Lightning have had their best success, it has been when they have held the other team to under three. And they haven't done it consistently, not even close to consistently this year. And they especially have not done it on the road. Well, and the other thing that stood out 
And I think you're right. And I think John Cooper probably reiterates that to his team again, where it's like, guys, even even teams that are really gifted offensively, it's about playing defense. And, you know, look, you're going to have some games where that's that's better than others. But, you know, I think that's been a little a little inconsistent this year. I think what also has been inconsistent is at times play in their own zone or play with the puck. I think you can make a case that the first two goals by Vancouver were, could I call them unforced errors? Did, well, the, you know, uh, I, the even strength goals, you mean, right? Yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, am I usually one to say, you know, look, the other team, I think, forces you into those turnovers. But I, I'm not sure in that particular instance or those instances, I thought the Lightning had some time to, to make a play and make a better play. Easier said than done from where I'm sitting. But the 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 turnover that ends up being costly seems to be happening a little bit more than we'd like to see. And that's unfortunate. I I would have to go back and watch. I'm not sure that these were completely unforced. Like the one, one in which they missed the icing. Sergachev did have a guy on his back. Did he have to rim it? Maybe he takes it and skates behind the net and tries to accelerate out of trouble. I mean, there was another decision that that he could have made, clearly, because the decision that he made turned out to be one that hurt the Lightning. But it's not like he didn't have a guy on his back. And if he thought that there should have been an icing, who knows? I mean, we're, we're not at ice level. We're not in the thick of it to understand exactly what was happening there. On the, the goal that made it 3-1... to one, there may have been a couple instances when the Lightning had the puck and didn't get it out, but I remember the one right before the goal. Chafee had it along the boards near the circle, and there was a guy pinching down the wall to take away his time and space. He tried to bump it behind the net, but he put it right on Kuzmenko's stick. So that was not where the puck needed to go, but to say it was completely unforced... I'm not sure if that was the case, but that puck needed to to go north. That puck needed to go out. And look, it's not an easy play when a guy is bearing down on you. There may have been another, and I tried to watch the replay. They didn't go back far enough for me to see it. Maybe you remember better than me, Greg. Maybe there was a, a point before the Chafee play where the Lightning had an opportunity to do something else with it and didn't. And maybe the puck shouldn't have gone to Chafee there. Maybe that was the one where, you know, He's in kind of a vulnerable spot along the boards. But I, I maintain that you can have a turnover, but you don't need to give up the scoring chance. And that was the point that I was trying to make at the top of the show. The, the Canucks didn't really let that happen. And the Lightning have had games so far this year when, when they have had turnovers, but the other team hasn't gotten anything as a result of that turnover. But you were right. Two turnovers followed by two coverage breakdowns, if you want to call it that, and 1-1 one, one became 3-1. And then it was a pretty steep mountain. The and, then, and then it's, you factor in Vancouver's skill, and, you know, Besser's the guy that's making you pay. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's the other side of it, too. So uh, I, I think we all probably came away pretty impressed with Vancouver seeing them again. And, you know, we'll see how, how it eventually plays out for them moving forward, partner. But uh, I thought the Lightning, you know, playing without Victor Hedman, so that's certainly... Yeah, that hurt. It wasn't great. I mean, look, he's... We, we praise him 
regularly. So, you know, for us to sit here and say not in the lineup, that's not going to hurt the team. It, it, you know, it did. It did for sure. And uh, what did you make of the youngster making his, his lightning debut? Chafee, you and I were texting. Well, I just talked about he did have a turnover. No. Uh, I, I don't think it was – that one was not completely unforced. I think that that was kind of a tough play. He also took a big check from Zadorov, who likes – who likes the open ice hits, but he gave as good as he got because they both fell down, although the crowd got a big kick out of it. I thought I thought he didn't look out of place. He's definitely had a good year in Syracuse. You refer to him as a youngster. I mean, what is he, 25? So he's a youngster to us. Right? Yeah, like Come he's on. a youngster in terms of being new to the NHL. He had played two games near the end of the 2021-22 season with Minnesota, and then he had a bad knee injury last yeah. year. He only played 10 games, so he's coming back from from a significant injury, and he, he's had a good start to the year in Syracuse. So we'll see we'll see if he stays and if he plays tomorrow as well. Hedman is day-to-day. They, they definitely need him back in the lineup. I mean, taking on the Oilers, you're going to need your, your stud defenseman in the game. And would he have made a difference in the power play last night? I mean, who knows? This is this is a trend, though, on this road trip, though, Greg. I was thinking about it. Power play goals scored, power play goals allowed for the Lightning on this road trip, zero to four. Yeah. They've scored zero power play goals, and they've allowed four power play goals. Which, that's a reversal yeah. from it earlier is. in the year. For sure. Interesting. At Bolts Radio, if you want to get involved in the conversation, you certainly can. What did you make of the game last night and uh, the play of Vancouver? I, I gave the standings when I signed off, and you know it just continues to be tight all the yeah. way around, and it's it's probably going to be that way. You know, I have for, a column a coming out later today, presuming I finish it and the Lightning post it. <laughs> Not today. Oh, they will. They will they tomorrow, will but I've tried to I've tried to write one at the end of each ten game segment, and this was a rough one for the Lightning. I mean, we knew that the schedule was not going to be easy in this recently completed ten game segment, games twenty one to thirty. They had seven road games, and they played in all four time zones. So under under any circumstance, whether they were going well or not going well, this was going to be a tough one. But they took one on the chin here. They went four and six. And they went just two and five on the road. So they entered the segment one game off playoff pace. They're now five points off playoff pace. You might say, well, it's five points. Like to make up those points, you need to be better than 12 points every 10 games. So getting to 12 is not easy. So to make up that deficit, you need to be that much better than 12 and 10. In case you're wondering, this next segment is is five home, five road. Because the Lightning have that home stand in between Christmas and New Year's, as they often do. So if we're looking at the glass half full, if they can if they can make some noise here at the end of this road trip, I think they will set themselves up because they've been a very good home team this year. Right. They they do set themselves up for a successful segment, but they need to get going here. Because when you look at the standings, if you don't want to go by the 12 and 10 metric, which I think is is a very easy and accurate way to kind of track your progress. 
just look at the games played number. Lightning have played more games than than any other team other than Columbus in the Eastern Conference. So all these other clubs have the opportunity to make up ground. And if they play each other, which, I mean, more often you're playing within your conference than out of conference, someone's getting two points. So Lightning need to need to make some hay here. At the end of this next 10-game segment, we are going to be essentially at the halfway point of the season. Yeah. Which is kind of a sobering thought. Basil says, and this maybe goes to your point about they need to get it in gear, he says, growing pessimistic is a time to acknowledge that this is just a 500 team. They've dominated a handful of games. They've been dominated in a handful of games. The rest are pretty evenly played, and the Bolts win half. Vassy's return hasn't changed that. So what I would say, Basil, is the areas where the Lightning have struggled this year, they've struggled defensively. As we check the stats this morning, I'm still in the morning. You're you're in the early afternoon. I'm always in the morning. <laughs> yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, your two little girls That's and right. a third baby and a third on the way. Coming. And a third coming. You I'll can, always be in the kiss, morning. You can kiss sleeping in goodbye until... Until when? I don't know. 2030? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're honest, though. Just don't yeah, try like and that. hold your breath. For, I won't. Just, I won't. just enjoy it while you can. Cause I will what do they say? The, the days are long, but the years are short. It's my so wife true. Said that to me when, yeah, when my kids were young. It's so true. Anyway, go ahead. The Lightning out of 32 teams rank 30th in team defense right now. So, what I would say, Basil, is that number needs to come down. And in particular, it needs to come down when they are on the road. They're going to run into teams that D them up. They're going to run into goaltenders that play well against them. So if that happens, what do you need to do? You need to D up as well. You need to hold the other team to two or one. And if you can do that, even if you're not winning the game in regulation, you're more often than not going to at least get the game to overtime. But the Lightning have just been absorbing so many regulation losses, especially on the road. That's why they are where they are right now mm-hmm. in terms of their points percentage. So they need to they need to lower their goals against and they need to start playing better hockey on the road. But they have played some good hockey on the road. This is where I'm coming back around, Basil. And maybe this is your point that in some games they've looked good. They have demonstrated an ability to do it. Like, they have had some games on the road this year where they have played very well. That Carolina game comes to mind, which was a weird game because they only had 14 shots. But I'm not talking about what they did offensively when they scored eight on 14 shots. What I'm talking about is how they defended. They defended at, like, an A A or A-plus level in that game against a really tough team to play against. So... They demonstrated in that game that they can do it. They demonstrated at home against Dallas they can do it. They demonstrated in the win against Pittsburgh at home that they can do it. And those three games came in this just completed 10-game segment. So it's it's kind of ironic, Greg, in their worst 10-game segment so far this year, a segment in which they went four and six. 
they actually produced three of their best defensive performances of the year, given the quality of the opponent and and kind of how the game unfolded, the number of scoring chances they allowed, which was very, very low. So if they can do it in those games, they should be able to do it more consistently. But now they have to, to go out and show it. They have to demonstrate it. Yeah, and I'm wondering too, and and I, I think there was some truth to what you were saying about that you want to keep these games two one if you can. I'm I'm wondering just more from a practical standpoint where the league is. Does that is that two one the equivalent of three two today? Just because scoring is is a little is a little up or it it has been trending that way. And I, I think defenses in general aren't as stout maybe as they were uh, over the last uh, ten years or so, because we've seen more of a push for for offense, and I, I think sometimes we have to change a little bit with the times. You know, uh, I want to get to Al's question too, because it kind of dovetails into, uh, you know, why are they inconsistent? And look, the only thing consistent you can say is that they're inconsistent. And what is inconsistency? It is mediocrity. It yeah. is average, and. It's hard for us to say that right now because we have seen some performances from the Lightning this year where they've been elite and they've defeated some good teams. I think we all acknowledge that. They've had more clunkers than you'd like. And the record is what it is. That's the beauty of sports. Really in life in general, if you go by numbers, if you go by production, which a lot of people do, your numbers, the stats don't lie. You are who you are. I mean, it it can change a little bit, and I understand that, but... You have said, Greg, often by Thanksgiving or 30 games in where the Lightning are right now, you know, you are where you are, right? Yeah. This isn't a small sample size. In a lot of instances, that's not going to change drastically. And again, I always preface that by saying there are exceptions to the rule. I think the Lightning have probably been in that boat a little bit where maybe it's not the greatest start and then they end up finishing the year pretty strong or they're in the playoffs and they have a deep run. And so I, I think we do have to separate regular season and postseason play. If the Lightning get into the playoffs and when they do and they end up making a deep run, Dave, are we going to harp on the first 25 games of the regular season? Probably not. If they have an early exit, we'll probably look back and say, you know what, there were early signs there that the team was struggling. It never really got rectified. And that really ended up playing out in the playoffs when they lost in the first round. I mean, that could happen, and time will tell on that. I think to answer Al's question, and I'm going to read it out verbatim, he goes, um, in your opinion and Dave's, what needs to be done to get the lighting back on track because it seems that the train is going backwards and the brake man is asleep in the caboose. <laughs> you know, honestly... I the, love the, that analogy, Al. It is a good one, and I, I, I'm just going to say it. It's it's not going to happen uh, per se. Maybe it does. You have to factor all of it. But if if this performance continues, and you know some may believe in it, some don't. Julian Breezewell may make a trade just to shake things up. He could. Well, he is not one. He's not going to sit back idly by, right? I mean, he's not going to sit back and look, it could be a a minor move. It could be a, a bigger one. I mean, you have to get a little more strategic there. If you start talking Mm -hmm. about cap and, and where things are. And, and I understand 
that you're going to start probably hearing hearing things as we get closer to the trade deadline. But in, it's it's more in terms of getting the team's attention. If you feel like this year's team isn't responding to the message or the messaging from the coaching staff. And I, I don't say that in a negative way. I just, this is an organization that has had a lot of success over the last handful of years that sometimes the regular season might not always be as important in terms of where you finish within the top eight than for somebody, let's say a Detroit Dave, who's trying to get back and, and be relevant. Again, the Lightning, of course, want to make the playoffs, is it as important to finish third, second, or first in the Atlantic compared to the Red Wings who are trying to make the playoffs and they're giving everything they can to get there because they've they haven't been there. I have to acknowledge that there are that can be at play. That's a little bit more of the human emotion and and franchises and where they've been. But to get back to the point I brought up about what can the Lightning do? I'm almost 100% sure, Dave, without being in that locker room, that the leadership team, and this isn't the coaches, the leadership team is trying to either lead by example or some of the, the communication verbally about what needs to change. I have a hard time thinking that's not being communicated in some capacity. So what does it come down to? I think it's just... If they're not responding to that, then Julian Brisewa, as the man behind the scenes making the moves to ensure that this team gets into the playoffs and competes for another cup, because that's what this year is about, folks. Make no mistake, even if you think they're, they're off to a shaky start, the expectations are such that it's either the Stanley Cup or nothing. And that's how it should be. You want to be there. But he's not going to sit back and accept this result and not do anything about it once the trade deadline approaches. He may not pull off something, but I feel pretty confident, Dave, he's going to be working the phone lines to see if something makes sense. And there's enough evidence over the years to suggest that's what he's done, even for teams that have, who have been better maybe up to this point in the regular season. Now you factor in a team who maybe needs a little bit more of a jolt Mm -hmm. uh, you could see something happening. So it, the question is, you know, what do you think they can do? I mean, sure, you can you can sit guys, you can you can promote guys from Syracuse and insert them into the lineup. And you know, there's there's a cap compliance issue with that. Or you could you could shake things up and say, you know, look, things are pretty stale. I really don't care about feelings. I care about championships and. I'm going to do something that makes sense, that perhaps grabs the attention of the team, and they react in a positive way. So, I mean, outside of that, X's and O's, I, I, I couldn't tell you. You know, do you want to say they have to be better with the puck? Sure. I mean, uh, is that coaching or is that a, a player bearing down and focusing more and, and making sure that they make the right play at the right time? That That's probably some of it. You know, is, is John Cooper going to go to a – uh, a New Jersey Devil-style trap to ensure that they're only giving up 15 shots a game? No, of course not. So I, I don't know how much, from that perspective, partner, he can do outside of tinkering with the system and preaching. You need to be here. You need to be here on the ice. Quit doing yeah. this on the ice. I mean, that's 
that's kind of how I look at it from a big picture perspective in terms of what can they really do to change things up, what's likely to happen, and and what are the benefits potentially of those moves being made. So what would you say, and I kind of have talked about this in the first half of the show, what would you say has been the biggest issue for the Lightning this year? I mean, you could say puck management, decision-making. Right, but even bigger you know. picture. Is it offense or defense? I mean, I think it's defense. Okay. So if it's defense, that's not one guy. It's a I mean, I thing. agree with you. That's that's team-wide. Like the Vancouver Canucks defended really well last night, not because they have Elias Pettersson or because they have JT Miller. I mean, they contributed, but it was team-wide. They're D-block shots. They protected the front of the net. They cleared rebounds. They got in shooting lanes. They checked. That's team-wide. So, look, I agree Julian is not one to sit back and be passive. But making a trade to swap maybe one guy for another, I'm not sure that that is going to solve the issue of how the team is defending as a group. You know what I'm saying? Now, what it might do is is – wakes wake up you know like snap guys to attention sometimes a trade has that effect right but i think the obstacle the lightning have to overcome is is start playing more consistent defensive hockey as a group and how do you do that i don't know I mean, I'm not quite sure. It's not like John Cooper hasn't been preaching this is how we need to play. We need to we need to manage the puck better. We need to box out. We need to block shots. And to this point, they've not done it consistently. Now, does that mean that I don't think there there potentially could be a trade? I, I maintain that, you know, Julian, even when even when the Lightning have been, you know, at the top of the standings, he's not one to sit back. He's like, I'm making a trade here because I think that this trade might get us to the promised land. And it's worked a couple of times, 2020 and 2021, right? The deadlines both years, correct. he made moves that, that helped the Lightning greatly win the Stanley Cup. And he made moves in 2022 that helped the Lightning get to the Stanley Cup final. But I think that this isn't about one guy. Because ultimately, while it's true the Lightning and a lot of the road losses have only scored one goal, and we can say they need more depth scoring, although I think that you talk to different people, like there's there's a little bit of a less of a consensus about that. You're like, well, look, you know, Jano has has contributed and Glendening has contributed and Acemon has contributed. And beyond the, the the top, top guys, you know, the point Kucherov stamp goes, you know, Nick Paul has contributed. Hagel has contributed. Sorelli had a point streak snap last night. But, you know, he's contributed. They have not gotten as much goal scoring from the D, and that is true. But I'm not certain that the Lightning are not scoring enough still. I think they would like to have more five-on-five five offense. But I think... At least recently, I think there are bigger issues in why they have not won on the road and they've taken some some losses where the final score is 3-1 or 4-1 or 5-1 with an empty netter in there. They've fallen behind. 
And when you let the other team play with a one or two goal lead in the second half of the game, it becomes harder to come back. I know that this is the era of the comeback, but I think the Lightning would, would be much better served to score more if they actually had the lead or they were tied, right, rather than having to chase. They've had to chase in a lot of their games recently. So to me, I go back to this is a this is a a defensive issue first and an offensive issue second. I think if they if they can clean up what they're doing defensively, the offense will will flow from that. If that makes sense. Not only will good I, I defense lead to offense, yeah. If you're not chasing and having to to press, that will also allow you to I think score more. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but I well, believe that. I, I agree. And I think, again, if people want to make a big deal about leadership, and I, I think to an extent it makes a lot of sense, you look to your leaders during a time when things aren't going as well. They've got to lead it by example. You can't, if you're a leader on this team, you can't be the one turning the puck over in the offensive zone at the blue line. Yeah. You can't be the one who. That they can control, for they sure. They can. They can. Now, look. Some of the other teams, we, we understand that factor. It's all baked into the cake. I think teams get up for the Lightning. And I, I think if you don't acknowledge that, you're probably missing the point. The Lightning are still considered, based off of previous experiences in, in games one, they are uh, an elite team by a lot of people's standards. It's gonna, it would have to take a three- to five-year losing streak of poor play for people not to think that. Uh, the Lightning are still considered one of the best teams in the league. And because of that, teams get up. That was a measuring stick game for Vancouver. And I know it's it may seem odd to say 28, 30 games into the season. But again, for Vancouver, who hasn't had a ton of success recently, that's a measuring stick game. Mm -hmm. And the Lightning, it, that shouldn't be unusual for them, partner. But that, that, that can lead to some inconsistent play. If you're not up for every game, and we've talked about this before, I think some of that is just where you are as an organization and as a franchise. Is Detroit taking the 82-game regular season a little more meaningful than the Tampa Bay Lightning? Now, look, we can all say they're professionals. They all want to win. I understand that. But a lot of people have high expectations for the Lightning, not so much for Detroit. But Detroit, at some point, they're going to look at this and say, the only way we can change that narrative is to win almost every game in the regular season and make the playoffs to turn this thing around. And so there may be a little bit more desperation in their play every night than compared to, let's say, the Tampa Bay Lightning, which is why maybe you see some inconsistencies game to game. Why do the Lightning maybe get up for some really good opponents and have tremendous games, and maybe they, they don't for some others? I, I don't know. It kind of goes back to what Basil was saying about at this point you are what you are, and the Lightning are, are an average team at this point who can play at a very high level, I think, when they want to. We just haven't seen that consistency. And I think a lot of people are asking the question, why? Why? Jay says consistently inconsistent. It's that simple. Roster needs a major overhaul when looking towards the future. Oh, my. Can't just well, keep it's going to be very repeats. hard to do an overhaul. Sorry. That, I, let me just break in yeah, here. Like, given the, the tight nature of the cap through this year, it's supposed to go up a little bit more next year. So maybe things will loosen up in that regard. But major overhauls are very tough to do with the salary cap in place and with a salary cap that has been flat.
Sorry, go ahead. I think it's almost impossible to go and, and say that at this point, and that's what they're going to do. I can remember, partner, when the Penguins won after 2018. There were a couple of people, not many, who suggested trading Malkin was the right thing to do. He was coming off a really good year, mm-hmm. and that maybe that's where you could replenish the system, so to speak, rather than keep them, meaning the core three, and just kind of muddy along. Is hindsight 2020? Yeah, probably in that instance it is. I'm not sure that made a lot of sense, but you can understand the thinking. That would have taken a huge set of you-know-what to make a move like that coming off a cup and one of the best players of this generation. Are you going to do that with the Lightning? I, I mean, I don't, I don't think so. We've talked about how their core is younger than what mm-hmm. we saw from the Penguins during that time. I don't see that happening. Could I see that happening, Jay, in a couple of years maybe? When, if things continue to be what you would perceive to be stale, look, Julian Breezewell has shown, and I, I, he has shown he will make a move for the for the betterment of the organization. And I can remember, partner, you and I taking tweets and speaking to analysts about the Lightning over the last few years about making big trades and would they make big trades at the deadline they don't have the cap space to do it they're not going to give up a first round pick to get this guy and what ends up happening julian breeze winds up making those moves yeah he ends up finding a way to get a ryan mcdonough or trading first round picks to get blake coleman and barkley goodrow and ryan mcdonough and I can I can guarantee you, because I remember having those conversations, there were a lot of people who, who were saying that's just not going to happen, and it did. So for us not to sit here and say he won't look into that, I think would be naive. Learn from previous, from previous patterns. Doesn't mean it's going to happen, but he's not bashful. Uh, in terms of, he mentioned some players like Thompson, Groshev, and Gonsavas get NHL games too and uh, see some younger blood come up. I mean... Maybe. You gotta you gotta Maybe. ease those guys in. I mean, unless you're Nikita Kucherov. And even Kucherov, when he came up, yeah. I mean he played regularly, but let's not forget he was scratched in the playoffs for Hard two to believe, games. Huh? Hard yeah. to believe. <laughs> but I mean it just goes to show yeah. that it's not an easy jump for a young player to go from the AHL to the NHL. Yeah. I mean, look at look at Connor Bedard. Now Connor Bedard is an immense talent playing on a team that that just doesn't have a lot that of doesn't have immense around talent. him. So understand that. <laughs> right. But like when we saw the Hawks twice early in the year, all the Chicago people basically said the same thing. It's like this guy is going to be the face of the franchise, but he's learning the NHL game. So it's not like you can just like slap these newer players into your lineup and you figure you snap your fingers and and they're just going to automatically jive, right? Like, it's a process. It's a process for these guys. So the, uh, there's no easy fix. The The fix is play better defensively. And I'm going to give you a – periodically we look at this, Greg, and I just yeah. looked at it today. So I'm going to tell you. Now, some of these teams are very close to the wild card. Game here, game there, and the next – couple of days might change the bottom 16 teams defensively in the nhl and i'm trying to go between the standings and this goals against page the bottom 16 teams defensively there is one team 
currently in a playoff position out of those 16 teams, Detroit. The other 15 teams are currently out of a playoff position. Mm. And if that doesn't hammer home how important it is to defend, even when scoring relative to other years is up, I don't know if there's a more appropriate stat to look at. Is there more of a direct line between doing well in the regular season and putting yourself in a position to make the playoffs and keeping the puck out of your own net? Offense is all over the map. I mean, there's some teams that that are very, very good offensive teams that are in the bottom 16 of team defense, and they are they are not in a playoff position. The direct line, the more direct line is team defense, playoff position. Defense wins championships, right? Boy, and and gets true. you in the playoffs. Now, look, Edmonton is in that list, and they're surging right now, and and – by the end of the week, who knows? Maybe the Oilers will be in a playoff position. Carolina is right there as well. They're actually, I think, tied with Washington for the final wild card spot. Did we lose Dave? I think we might have. We might have lost Dave. He was making such a great point that he got knocked off. I, I agree with what he's saying, but I think when you take a look at the Lightning and playing defense, again, it, it to me, it comes down to it's an urgency thing. And maybe relying on Bassey a little too much. I, I understand that coming back. I thought the team would get a bigger lift in terms of being able to keep the puck out of their own zone and tighten some things up. That hasn't been the case. So I acknowledge it. I get it. And they're going to have to figure it out or at least string together a few more quality wins to climb the ladder, so to speak. Jay says, not enough pure goal scorers who can be goalies clean consistently. I honestly love to see them try to play pinball and shoot the puck off opponents' teammates and hope it goes directly in or clean up the rebound. Got to find a way to score. Well, we just said, I don't know if this, Jay, is about goal scoring. I think offense comes and goes. I mean, a lot of times in sports it does, um, although I think there's enough evidence there in the regular season where your offense can stay pretty consistently great. If that's where it is, I think in the playoffs is where things start to tighten up in the, the NHL regular season. I think you can be a pretty good offensive team throughout, and and that plays out. I, I think offense, let's put it this way, and, and we touched on this. Offense isn't the issue, big picture, with the lighting right now. I mean, you could go defense and then maybe specifically puck possession in your own zone, decision-making in your own zone. You could even go PK slightly at times. I, I That's the last thing I'm going to do is to look at it and say with a team who has players like Point, Kucherov, and Stamkos, and then you have the Hagels and you know Sorelli chipping in here and there, that, yes, I, I understand they haven't been as consistently great as we've seen, but Kucherov is leading the league in, in scoring, and... Stamkos is still a viable option on the power play. Braden Point maybe is not having as explosive of a season that we're typically used to seeing, but he's going to be a guy that's probably going to be a point-per-game guy. Hagel is taking steps. Partner, before you drop, we had Jay who who, who thought that they yeah. needed to I was on a the spiel there about <clears throat> team defense, so I don't know when. <laughs> when <laughs> Clearly, the Internet had enough of me going on about No, that's defense, okay. But, but, you know, Jay was like, they need they need better scores. And, you know, I, my thing was, well, look, we're talking about this. I don't know if, if offense is where I go right now. 
Yeah, I mean, look, it, it's easy to pick on that because they've had a bunch of games that they've only scored one. And last night, they didn't they didn't do enough to generate. But, look, Kucherov is leading the league in scoring. He's having an MVP-type year. And there are other guys who are doing well offensively. So, yeah, would, would you like to see them have more five-on-five five scoring specifically? The power play is going to have dips, and right now the power play is dipping a little bit. That's bound to happen. It's probably going to boomerang back up. But when the power play dips, like Coop talked about, then you need to lean more on your five-on-five five for, for production. They would probably like a little bit more, but they don't need that much more. I think they need to get better substantially defensively more than they need to get more scoring offensively. That's how I would put it. I'm with you, Greg. Yeah, I, I mean, it's I, I get it. You want you want them to score, and I think this is probably one of those things too individually. Where are some players performing a little below par than what we're used to? For sure. I mean, but do I think those numbers are going to basically average out once the year ends? I, I do, um, and I'm not necessarily worried about the Lightning slumping offensively. I think. But defense is about effort, too. Defense is more about, like, wanting to do it, partner. And I mm -hmm. think, you know, that, that puts you sometimes in some uncomfortable positions. You've got to just – you can't take a shift off defensively. And maybe that's where the system in place has to be tightened up a bit more because if you're in the right place at the right time, even if maybe you're not blocking the shot, uh, you're still in position to act as a – an obstacle for somebody to shoot the puck around you. And I, I think being in the right place at the right time would be a nice first step too for some of the lightning and their and their troubles defensively. But Jay, I, I think this has to do more about defending, like we discussed, than putting the puck in the net. And I'm I'm granting you there are some inconsistencies, but I don't think as much as what's happening defensively. No, I mean look, I don't know how much of what I was saying went out over the air but there is a direct line between defending better than half of the league and being in a playoff position agreed at bolts radio if you want to get involved in the conversation you can uh, al says sometimes no matter how hard you try things don't go your way when you become so predictable that your opponent knows your every tendency, the results are mistakes and turnovers that usually end up in the back of your net. I mean, I think that can happen. I don't know if that's... I mean, look, there's film that is everywhere when it comes to the National Hockey League today. So does everybody know everybody's tendency partner? Probably a pretty good feel with those mm -hmm. scouting reports. I mean, how far in advance are they looking at teams, right? I mean, it's a couple weeks at least. Yeah. You know, that far out. I mean, but the other thing, too, is, I mean, even at the very baseline, you have, like, websites now that offer this. Well, Here's tendencies. Here's film that you can look at. Yeah. I mean, people is the know comment, what you do. Is the comment related to, like, how the Lightning are trying to break out of their own end, or is the comment related to, like, what they're doing in the offensive zone? I think... That I don't know. People know, yeah, people know the Lightning's power play goes through Kucherov. They understand that. He's still incredibly difficult to defend. <laughs> so, yeah, the tendency on the power play is puck to Kucherov. 
And some teams try and take him away, but they do so kind of at their own peril, right? Because that might mean the, the other side of the ice opens up. Or they bull rush Kucherov and he just makes a quick play and, and somebody somebody is in a scoring position. If they're talking about coming out of the defensive zone, like it's kind of hard to reinvent the wheel. I mean, you can try and pass out of the defensive zone. You can try and just get a clear and flip it out. You can do a rim. If you're going to do a rim, and teams rim, I mean, the fact that the Lightning gave up the second goal after they rimmed it and it got picked off, it's not like they always rim the puck. But, and in that instance, there was no forward ready to, to try and get it. I mean, it came right to Hironic. But what it comes down to is if that puck is rimmed, then it becomes a battle. And this is what you were talking about. Defending is hard work. The forward along the boards has to win the battle to come up with the puck and get it out of trouble. So it's true. When they talk about, or when the fan wrote about, like being predictable, I think that, or teams have tendencies. I think that maybe that is more in the in the offensive zone, because teams have their breakouts and they're pretty much the same, right? It's more about positioning and support not about like where are you going with the puck because you have lots of options when you have the puck in your own end you can flip it out you can pass it you can, you can. rim it yeah you can. yeah you can go d to d sure you can bump it behind the net you have to read the play and make the right choice you have to do all these things they better be ready tomorrow because yeah, Edmonton's feeling really good about itself. And not only have, have they been scoring, and we talked about the point streaks for Bouchard and McDavid, and they're both still ongoing. They're defending better. That was really their problem at the start of the year. I mean, McDavid was was meza meza with his point total, which meza meza for McDavid is like kind of career starts for some guys. But he was about a point per game when the Lightning saw the Oilers earlier this year. And he was coming off an injury, missed a couple of games. He might not have been completely healthy. He is he is rolling right now. Bouchard is rolling. I think he's got now a 12-game point streak that we talked about that earlier in the week. But their, their biggest shift has been they're defending better. And they're still in the bottom half of the league. But they're doing a much better job of keeping the puck out of their own net. And if they're going to do that, you still have Dreisaitl. You still have McDavid. You still have Nugent Hopkins. You have this Bouchard, who's a very talented offensive defenseman. Zach Hyman is a net front guy. Like, they can fill the net. So it is going to take a high-level defensive defensive performance for the Lightning tomorrow. We can, we can get into it more tomorrow at the skate. At Bolts Radio. If you want to get involved in any of those questions, you certainly can do that. Partner, great job. Lively discussion. We will do it again tomorrow as we get set for that game. Lightning Talk to you tomorrow. You got it. Thanks to Steve Versnick. Thanks to everybody who listened. We always appreciate you. I am Greg Lanelli. You've been listening to Power Lunch on Lighting Radio.